Yes, you are. Here we go. With that combination news and entertainment, we like to call it newstainment. Thank you, Andy. Let's dive into the news. Well, Joe Biden's got the uh, State of the Union coming up, and uh, I was doing a little bit of research. I want to find out what he's going to talk about. I assume the biggest issue, of course, is going to be uh, 10 million illegal immigrants that have poured through the border and come into the United States. And um, so I one that uh, one of these guys came out from Venezuela, went up to New York. They arrested him in New York. And then before, because New York is a sanctuary city where you can commit crimes and then they don't contact the federal government. So ICE was not able to come get the guy. He left New York. They let him out of jail, goes down there. And uh, he catches uh, this woman there in Georgia. She's a a young nursing student. She's out running. And apparently the now the unbelievably horrific graphic details of what he did to her after he killed her. Um, Stories abound of immigrants or not immigrants, illegal immigrants entering the country, coming into New York, beating up police officers, stealing, robbing. I wonder what the president would say. This is 1995. This is a State of Union address. Listen to Bill Clinton. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace, as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Both sides, Republicans and Democrats, standing for President Bill Clinton, 1995. 1995, 300,000 illegal immigrants came across the border. 300,000. We get 12,000 a a day. So Joe Biden, how he will address this, it's going to be really interesting. The only thing the White House has sort of put out so far is the thing that the president really wants to talk about is inflation. But you can't talk about inflation because if you talk about inflation, then you talk about all the money that we printed and spent, the 1.9 million that we put out there, the uh, you know Save America re- ridiculous thing regarding after the COVID um, canard. So this is Joe gave sort of a little, um, you know, kind of a teaser, Sherry, on the things he's going to talk about. He brought this up during the uh, Super the Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. 
Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. Yeah. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. <laughs> He's going to bring this up. The last day of the union dress, he also brought up the uh, going to resorts and they charge you extra resort fees. So yeah. put a stop. Junk to the fees. Federal government's getting junk fees. Yeah. The federal government's going to do something about junk fees. When you go to a resort, they charge you an extra $20. But they're going to bring up, he's going to bring up shrink, shrinkflation. As if, as if it started with shrinkflation. In, shrinkflation is a response to inflation. The business makes the product and it realizes if he jacks the price up 30%, you probably won't buy it. But if they reduce the number of chips that you get, then maybe you'll continue to buy it. Since 1991 or 94, Americans are now paying the most amount of money they've ever paid for food. That's because of inflation. That's because of Bidenomics. That's Joe Biden. That's on him. But he's saying, oh, no, no, no. That's not, that's not, that's not the problem. The problem is it's these greedy corporations that are shrinking it. Like, why didn't they start shrinking them 10 years ago? If they're so greedy, why all of a sudden do they just start to do it? They're doing it because of inflation, because the federal government spends money. And that's why it's there. So, the, But this is going to be his thing. If you're so dumb, if you're watching that, you're like, yeah, you're right, Joe. My bag of chips is smaller. You're right. They're greedy, greedy companies. Why would they always do that if they're so greedy? They all of a sudden just become greedy? No, it's because of a number of things. Because of regulations, because of minimum wage requests from uh legislators that somehow know the value of the worker and then also generally just printing money that the american uh people do not generate when the federal government throws all of that out there it was like four trillion dollars or five trillion dollars that was just all of a sudden thrown out of course there's inflation so this is what you get so that's what the president's going to be one of the issues i don't know how he's going to handle and they haven't said anything he'll probably just blame it on congress as to why he can't do anything about the border yeah, well, he's going to blame it on the fact that they they wouldn't pass any kind of a bipartisan thing. But this shrinkflation thing, this is out of you know Governor Inslee's uh, playbook in terms of scapegoating somebody else so you don't have to take responsibility for what you have created. And this is because many people, while he wants to tout the fact that the economy's great and the stock market's great, people, when asked, say. I can't believe I got six things at the grocery store and it was 50 bucks. So he's trying to go after it and, you know, answer yeah. to that and blame it on these companies, just like Inslee did with the oil companies and all of that, that it was, yeah. you know, it's their fault. Oh, inflation is always the result of the government, always the result of the government. It, there's no other way around it. And when you win the, was it? American Relief Fund or everything, that stupid thing when he first got into office for like $1.9 trillion. He wrote that check out there. Um, they didn't need to do that, but let's spend money. And then let's spend money on the um, infrastructure bill. They don't have the money. He's just going to continue to spend it. So they're now spending far more than they make, um, the government takes. And this is what you get. So you have more dollars chasing fewer products, and that's basically Inflation 101. If you need to learn something about economics, Supreme Court is going to hear a case. This comes out of Texas and Florida. As a libertarian, I got to tell you, 
and I, I do like a lot of the stuff that they do when it comes to social media. Both of these are really bad cases. This is just as bad as the government going in, Joe Biden's people and the FBI going in and scaring social media into taking people down to creating shadow bans and stuff. In this case, Florida and Texas want to be able to do the same sort of restrictions on social media, and the Supreme Court's going to hear the case. Did you look at that one, Sherry? Yeah, I think we one? actually have. Yeah, I do. Uh, there's oh, some, some oh, audio on oh, it. I was, I that's what it. I thought Hang you were. Hang on. Oh, I was pausing for. I was going to give you a chance to jump in. But here, Dramatic pause. Yeah, it's well, a First not? Amendment fight for the digital age. The justices yeah. today wrestling with a pair of sweeping laws restricting how social media giants like Facebook and Google decide what and who you see online. These big tech oligarchs have made themselves the gatekeepers of free speech. And nobody gets to do that in America. The government cannot violate the First Amendment. And it especially cannot do so in the name of preserving free speech. That is Orwellian. At issue, laws passed in Texas and Florida after former President Donald Trump was kicked off social media in the wake of the Capitol attack on January 6. The states restricting social media platforms from blocking users for their views and burying certain content. Moves they say are needed because conservative voices are stifled online. But the companies say those laws infringe on their free speech rights, hampering their ability to police their own platforms, a concern the justices highlighted during arguments today. When the government excludes speech from the public square, that is obviously a violation of the First Amendment. When a private individual or private entity makes decisions about what to include and what to exclude, that's protected, generally, editorial uh, discretion. The ultimate outcome likely turning on whether the high court views social media giants more like newspapers, free to make their own editorial choices, or more like phone companies, open to all, regardless of what a customer says or writes. There you go. Yeah, that was Kavanaugh. Um, he's absolutely right. Listen, you can't have it both ways. The problem with the Supreme, with First Amendment rights is when, as the case in Missouri found, you had members of the FBI uh, going and telling uh, social media who to take down. You had the Biden administration, the CDC, and HHS going and putting pressure on social media to shadow ban and to delete and to take things off. That is just as bad because, in effect, as a proxy, the government, the social media people were working as proxy to the to the government to infringe upon somebody's First Amendment rights. In this case, it's the same sort of thing, just in reverse. It's the other side of the coin. I'm sure the Supreme Court will kick this thing back out again. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to they're not going to go for this. Yeah. The weird thing about it is the difference between the phone company. It's private. Not everybody is listening in as somebody's talking to somebody else. But social media has this thing where, you know, we don't want to put something up that's going to hurt somebody's feelings or trigger somebody or make somebody feel bad. Or in some way, someone's going to say something and then some horrible thing's going to happen to somebody else. So they get in there and they say, well, that's very, that's, that's harmful to use those words or not that word. And that's wrong. You see an extreme example of it where they came to the Google uh, Gemini thing, right? 
It's like, yeah, we don't want to put that up because it's going to be too upsetting. So we just won't show any white people, only black people, because white people are the ones that are causing all the problems. So when you ask to see a picture of George Washington, they show you a black guy. It's like, what? So that was the extreme example of it. But in this case, social media determining certain groups can be made fun of and other groups can't. You know, it, it's always the inconsistency of like, wait, Saad, uh, you can uh, the, the supreme leader of Iran. um he can put up things where he's talking about death to America and Twitter lets his stuff stay up. So it's inconsistent and people know that it's inconsistent, but the government should just simply stay out of it. Right. But they because, can't, but they do. Uh, who's, who's the arbiter of this? I mean, that's the thing. It's like who's deciding who gets to see what and who doesn't and what is inappropriate and what is appropriate. It's, it's really an insult to everybody's intelligence to think that they can't figure out that's a really evil statement or that's a terrible thing to say. I just don't think that the, the company should be relied then, upon. Then don't go to make those there. Then. Yeah. Right. But then, but if you're on social media and somebody says something terrible, okay, you know what? You're insulted. Too bad. Right. Move on or don't go to it or don't participate in it. Or block but, them or mute them. Or block them or whatever. Right. But, you know, this, uh, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be an interesting case. So, and this is in Kansas City, Missouri. So, the man accused of firing the first shots there in Kansas City during the uh, rally. Told authorities he felt threatened while the se- second man said uh, he pulled the trigger because someone was shooting at him, according to court docs. So they might go with the stand the ground rule. So we started hearing about stand the gr- stand your ground when it was uh, Trayvon Martin in Florida. The idea is in Florida it works that if you have no egress f- to safety, you're blocked by a wall or blocked by a car. You can't get away. You're unable and you feel as if that person could take your life. They're making violent moves in your direction, either with a gun or a fist or whatever. And you feel as if your life is truly in danger. You can stand your ground and you're allowed to take lethal action against this person because you're stuck. Trayvon Martin on top of George Zimmerman, raining blows down on his head, hitting his head on the sidewalk where he's on top of him. And at that point, uh, George Zimmerman pulls out a gun and uh, discharges into uh, Trayvon Martin's chest. That was a stand the ground in Florida. So in this case, these guys are saying that they felt threatened, so they were unable to move, I guess, because they're in such a large crowd of people. This will be an interesting case to see how this thing moves through in Kansas City. So they say also that there's no collateral damage that's uh, included in this law. So you're not allowed to just shoot randomly in a crowd. But if a result of you shooting just and you're standing your ground, people get shot. You're not held responsible for that. And the way this mm. one w- was working was this. The one guy said this, uh, I guess, a, a group of people approached him. And he said, I'm going to get you. And he interpreted that as I'm going to kill you. So he pulled out his gun and started shooting. And then the other guy started shooting back at him because he felt threatened. And a defense lawyer said it is a formidable defense. Uh, the mm. onus is on the prosecutor to disprove claims that a shooting is lawful self-defense. There's no indication that these guys were out to kill a bunch of people. It was yeah. a shootout between the two groups. It just seems so... I mean, that so many people got shot, that nothing, that they could they could not have any time, not even reckless endangerment. Well, the case in Seattle back in 2020, in January 2020, the guys out in front of that right. McDonald's over in Westlake. It was self-defense. The one guy got off for self-defense because he feared for his life, so he pulled out his gun. I think they might have got him for, you know, carrying an illegal firearm or not having it registered. 
So he gets off, and away he goes. And I think the I don't know what's happened to the other guy. They got him on different charges, but yeah, self defense. So in this case, there's an example of it that um, they might be able to get him. They might hit him a few things with um, you know carrying a gun, concealed weapon. Although I think you can have a concealed weapon. You can, but he probably didn't have a permit. But he's, you know, it probably wasn't well, registered. That won't matter because you have one person dead and 17 people injured. They'll probably take a closer look at that uh, stand your ground rule. So. Interesting time, Sherry. But you know what is steady, consistent, and never changes? Mm. Can I take a guess? Go ahead. Could it possibly be Nate Connors? Yeah, so you're right. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Bucky's. Bucky's Auto Service Centers. 16 locations. Been around for 53 years. It's How many years? 53. How many locations? 16. Bucky's. This is reminiscent of the scene in Step Brothers when when they do that. Their little pitch. Yeah. Oh, didn't see that movie, Sherry, but thank you for oh. that reference. Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, thank you. Bucky's Auto Service Center. All right, let's not keep going. Like, I, I started doing this. Uh, Charles used to, um, used to do the show before Andrew we used to run the board. We used to do this thing for Trenchless in Seattle. We're supposed to do the same thing. Ten-second spot for Trenchless in Seattle. We added music to it, and then I would sing, and the thing got longer and longer. And then we would do – you ever hear any of that stuff, Andrew? We do like about a minute and a half. We made plays up and sang songs. Trenchless, Trenchless in Seattle. Oh, you and played me one of them. It, yeah, I should say it to you. It's, yeah, Trenchless in Seattle. Oh, my God. It went on and on and on. And then the salesperson's like, uh, you know, it's only supposed to be like 10 seconds. I should send you one of those things. Oh, my God. Trenchless, trenchless in Seattle. Yeah, I'll send it over to you. You can see it slipping into the show. They got their money's worth. So careful on those songs because it'll just really go on <laughs> way too long. All right. Um, this woman, was she claiming that she had um, some sort of disability, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, she said she got into a car accident and she was asking for $760,000 for her injuries. She mm-hmm. said she couldn't work for more, uh, for more than five years. She can't play with her kids. She couldn't carry out basic chores. And mm-hmm. that's why she wanted the money, because she said her life had been disrupted enormously. Yeah, I'll tell you something. They um, When they start writing those checks out there, they will come find you. They've got an entire team, especially when it comes to disability stuff, uh, and insurance are paying for these things. They'll track you down. They'll follow you. And the number of morons that are receiving the checks but then put stuff up on social media, right? So this lady, is it in there? Oh, here she is. So she's collecting all this money, but she still is able to participate in the Christmas tree toss. Good evening, folks. I do hope you're all well. I really do. Right, I've got one for you there. Camila Grabska. She was grabbing all she could, but it never worked out for her. If you've not read the story, I'll tell it you now. It's only a quick one here. Camilla yeah, Grabska, 36-year-old of Ennis, County Clare. I hope I've said it right, but I'm not so sure. She had a £6,500, £650,000 claim in 
with what? RSA insurance for a car accident she had car in accident. 2017. Yeah, she, she said it left her so she couldn't play with the children, she couldn't do anything at all, even normal chores were beyond her. She was absolutely butchered. It was a right mess, a back and Uh-oh. whatever else. Couldn't do anything. Anyways, a year later, yeah. 2018, she's pictured then, or filmed there, in what was it, a Christmas tree throwing competition. It was yeah. a case of whoever could throw it the farthest won the prize. She was really... She, Who won? She was grabbing for everything she could. She didn't only want the 650000 She wanted the prize for throwing the Christmas tree the furthest. And guess what? She won. She was the best. So she could play with the kiddies or do normal chores, but she could throw a Christmas tree God knows how far. Anyway, it got filmed. The claim got thrown out. It's only happened recently. Unbelievable. They should have done her a lot to for it. So... That's, by the way, those are our, we like to do a report once a week from Scotland yeah. of some news from some guy with a heavy Scottish accent. Is, is that the, the John Curley of Scotland there? I don't know who that guy is. Is um, that radio or TV? I don't know what he's doing. He's YouTube. Okay. That's, he's he's, he's oh, called Britain's okay. Grumpiest Old Git on YouTube. Mm. Old Git? Yeah. <laughs> you old Git. They, news departments especially love around ratings time to catch people that are conning people out of things. He's, this Gary Thompson, this guy had been caught. He's in a wheelchair. He actually, he's got some sort of speech impediment. He's got some sort of head injury, whatever. He wins a bunch of money in an insurance accident when he got, was on a motorcycle. He blows through that. Then he's getting disability. And then this local TV station starts to get wise to the guy. So they start to do the under camera, undercover camera stuff. They're going up to him all the time, catching him, just basically busting him every couple of months, robbing people or not just conning people out of money, begging. So it, he, I think three times they did a story on him. He gets caught once, they send him to prison. He comes back, he does the same thing. They send him to prison again for this time, like for 36 months. Comes back in again, they catch him again. He goes back in, the judge gets him for like 48 months. He, the next day, as soon as he gets out, as soon as it's over, he gets back into the wheelchair again. He's around there asking people for money. He admits on camera at one point, I don't know if we have it in this, he admits on camera um, when the white guy catches him that he gets close to a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars a year just begging on the streets once the guy busts him i don't know what part of that this is the why is that camera for chances are you've seen him try to date to the restaurant sympathized with his wheelchair his drawn hands his story ripped at your heart damn give me money and to get some eat and if so Sounds like Joe asking for a raise to Jacob. <laughs> You're not alone. I was a millionaire one time. Sue Honda of America. $2.4 million. All that money gone now. That actually is the truth. We did some research mm. and sure enough, Thompson's mother was the plaintiff in a 1993 lawsuit against Honda for a motorcycle accident. The wreck left him <laughs> What is this music under here? With it's limited crazy. mobility. But it certainly didn't make him mentally handicapped. And we knew better. What? He busted this bogus beggar right outside the police department, just minutes after a press conference about him. Appreciate you guys busting me. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at it, really good. I clear about $100,000 a year doing this. Yeah. Yeah, about 60 to 100. A 30-year-old said he's from Austin, Texas and has done the same thing there. He also says he's got a degree in speech-language pathology. He's no. combined that training with his wheelchair and found that panhandling pays. Nah, no, I'm not. I'm just beginning. 
And just like that. My, my bean boy. I'm just playing. There he goes. Catch him all the time. He keeps going to the same place. There used to be this guy in Seattle. I used to pass him all the time. I don't, he's not Otis, his name was. He was over on uh, Fifth near Pike or Pine, if it was. And he was always there with a box and asking people for money and stuff. I used to go by him all the time. Hey, what's the price to absolve myself of white guilt? He's like, for you, Curly, uh, 10 bucks. I was like, what? Get out. How about I buy you a Starbucks drink? Because I used to talk to him about what's happening on the street and stuff. He gives me this order for the Starbucks drink, Sherry. Of course, he went to Vente. It was like $8. I give him the thing. I'm like, this is Otis. This is crazy. This is like an $8 drink. I know. Well, I figured I'd get the money from you one way or another. Just stand there and watch him. And I used to say to him, why do people give you money? Because they feel guilty. And then I go, okay. So that we'd stand there and watch. Okay, there's four people coming. Who Who's going to give you money? He's like, uh, the guy, that guy right there, he's going to hand me money. I said, why? He goes, he just will. So I said, I'll get out of the way. So I stepped out of the way. And sure enough, he knows. He's watching the people. He knows who to shake the box in front of and then give him a couple of bucks. I said, they know you don't need it. I said, doesn't matter. They, they probably don't need it either. That's why they're giving it to me. It's this idea of like, look, giving people the money, you're teaching them that it's okay to, you can beg because someone's going to, if it wasn't working, they wouldn't stand there. But it was working. I don't know what ever happened to the guy. Probably those Vente, Carmela, Maca Maca, whatever the heck the thing he was drinking <laughs> killed him. But, well, yeah. well, and he had enough money to buy one before, so he knew what to order. So <laughs> it's not his Get first me. Kappa Maca Maca whatever. Maca Waka Waka Waka. <laughs> <laughs> He's yelling at me as I'm walking towards the store. I'm like, don't forget the whipped cream. Yeah, like, double shot. Oh God. Yeah, oh, triple shot, plus the chocolate and all the rest of the stuff go in there. I'm back to my refusing to use the word Vente at Starbucks. I yeah. don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I, I, I do that too. I can't do it. Starbucks, I can help you. Yeah. Let me get a, uh, like extra large, like the, like a super duper size, giant size, uh, dark roast or light roast. I don't know. I don't really care. Just whatever. Uh, how about the pipe, pipe place blend? Yeah. Whatever. Just a giant size. Just giant. My daughter's like, Dad, it's a vente. I don't want to call it a vente, okay? Because you're not in Italy. I'm not going to get caught up in all this garbage. It's so dumb. Yeah. And I could never memorize what the sizes are anyway. Like a vente. I don't even know what a vente is. I, I, yeah. Oh, 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 you're, oh, really got to one up me, don't you? Huh? No, I'm just saying I, I agree with you completely. I think it's pretentious. No, I don't, I don't even know what they are. Yeah, give me Stay a giant small. one. Yeah. I taught, I taught the kids that, Starbucks is a ripoff. My dad thought that was the funniest thing we used to have him say that all the time. Starbucks. And I go, what's Starbucks? I go, Starbucks is a ripoff. And I also taught him, um, uh, do, 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 do. And then they'd be in the backseat going, I'm puking it. <laughs> <laughs> Brainwash your kids. It's great. Hello. Andrew. Hello. All right. Uh, by the way, I was mentioning prior when we were doing that silly, uh, talking about, um, not like silly, about Bucky's, but it's supposed to be a 10-second spot. You mentioned him, my 10 seconds bang, that's what they pay for. We did it a long time ago. There's this company called Trenchless in Seattle, and they would dig trenches for you. So I'd say, this portion is brought to you by Trenchless, Trenchless in Seattle. And they had this really fun music. Andrew, you still have that music there. 
And I started like, well, the music's really fun. So I used to sing along and then I'd have other people singing with it. And then it got so big that I just kept expanding and expanding it. I used to say, Chaz, here's the song. Trenches in Seattle. Trenches. <laughs> I, uh, Chaz was running the board. I used to go to him, hey, hey, we're going to make this thing up. All you need to do is you, you just, you, you, uh, you tore your pants. That's all you have to know. So then we, here's what the 10 second spot turned into. You want to hear, Sherry? Yeah. You know, too often there's a problem with the water line or sewer line. The main concern is, well, water pressure. Big, big concern for people. And I understand that. Or maybe it's a sewer line. Stuff starts to back up, doesn't smell so good, and neighbors get concerned. But on a more personal note, things like this can happen as well. Hey, sport, what's wrong? What's the hell? What's all the tears for? But my, my, my pants, you know, you know the corduroys that we looked for? For like three months. The rust-colored ones? Yeah. The rust-colored ones? <laughs> yeah. I tore a hole in the knee. Oh, hey. Stevie, hey, can, hold on. Let me see that. Wow, you really tore a big it's hole in those rust-colored corduroys. It's oh, a huge hole. It is. You know I what? don't want a patch. What happened? What happened? You, where'd, you, where'd you tear I, it? I tripped on that stupid thing out in the driveway. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, I, you're not sorry. I am sorry, We're Jimmy. never going to get another pair. <laughs> Change his name. We'll get another pair. The store's out. Listen, Jimmy. Dad had some problems with his water line and sewer line, and he, he didn't take into consideration your rust-colored corduroy pants. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut it. That's what you always say. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the embarrassment and the discomfort of having your child call you out for not really being sorry about his rust-colored corduroy pants. More importantly, the hole in his knee. Vaccine will solve that, but the hole in his heart and your relationship will never be patched up with hot concrete. No, you want to call Trenchless in Seattle. They'll fix it for you half the price, half the time, and they won't leave any embarrassing scars in the front of the driveway. Talk about emotional scars. We'll do that tomorrow. Tom and Curly Show, Trenchless in Seattle. A small commercial is supposed to last no more than five seconds. Last now <laughs> 25 minutes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the salesman office like, um, yeah, y- yeah, you can't do that. And then Trenchless stopped advertising. You know why? Uh, they wanted more time. They got, <laughs> yeah, they wanted an entire hour. They got too busy. Oh, that's, that's what did it right there. It's right there. Corduroy right pants, rust colored. So you just sort of stretch that stuff out a little bit. It's going to make it larger, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening. So I'm just, this is a warning to you, Andrew, because I cannot be controlled when that fun music comes on. We have to talk about Bucky's Auto Service Centers, and especially Joe's not going to help either. Joe <laughs> said that we went from, we went from law abiding Jacob. <laughs> Where every T crossed and every I, and like, I don't think we could do that. And it's like, oh, come on. No, I really don't think we can. And it's like, okay, okay. He's the responsible one, right? Um, and then along comes Joe. He's like, what do I care? I've been fired a lot. I get fired all the time. Yeah, it's part of the gig. And his stories, his stories are always just on the line sometimes. Like, we have some oh coming up. <laughs> oh, my God. How are we going to say this, Joe? How are we going to talk about this? Well, that's what right. we have meetings. Like, oh, oh, no, it's all right. Not even question this. You'll figure we it out. follow Joe down the road to unemployment. We all walk in. We They fire us. And Joe's like, well, well you know, whatever. We'll all find another job again. Blah. You guys know Marty at the counter, right? 
He'll get you signed up real quick. You're fine. <laughs> the only good thing about it is Jacob would be the one to have to let us go. How awkward that thing. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>